In this episode of the Manager Track Podcast, we're going to talk about what it means to be assertive in the workplace and how you can make small shifts and changes in your verbal communication and nonverbal communication to demonstrate greater assertiveness in your role. Let's dive in. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In this show, you learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome to this episode of the Manager Track Podcast. This week is going to be all about being more assertive in the workplace. And we've talked on the past on this podcast here about people pleasing, about executive presence. But what I want to focus on today is assertiveness. And your level of assertiveness has a lot more to do with the way that you communicate and how you say it and what you say. At the core of it, it is sort of the sense of clarity and and really embracing the belief that clarity is kind. As a leader, one of those core principles is to remove any unnecessary uncertainty. So anything that's confusing, unclear, intransparent, where it's just about you not communicating clearly, not sufficiently, not consistently and repeatedly the same message, or where you're holding back or not being direct enough and really taking a stance for something and advocating on your behalf or on your team's behalf. Now, this is very different. I want to make this clear up front. This is very different from aggressive communication. So we're not undermining anyone else or undermining the rights of anyone else also wanting to be assertive and also wanting to share their opinions, right? When we undermine that right, Uh, for someone else, then this is aggressive. Assertive means I am showing up for myself or my team and you can do the same. So it doesn't discourage someone else responding to it as an assertive leader or when we communicate in an assertive way, we actually want to lean into the conversation and have that dialogue. And along those lines, we really don't want to discourage anyone else from showing up and speaking up. And so that distinguishes what we mean when we're assertive versus when we're aggressive or too domineering. And when we're too much of that, it can start to feel to others as if we were bulldozing the situation, and that would not be helpful. But when we embrace assertiveness and lean into that, it really, really is about truly owning our own opinions and our beliefs and our ideas and our value and then expressing them. And again, advocating not just for yourself, but also for your team. One of the things that often comes up in 360-degree feedback assessments or service that we run in our leadership development programs or workshops, what comes up is that people say, I would like my boss, my manager, to stand up for our team a little bit more. I would like them to challenge the senior leadership's pushback a little more so that When we talk about an idea or a a request for resources, and then they speak to someone more senior, they don't just say, okay, yes, we can't do it. Got it. We'll pivot. No. 
I want them to push back. I want them to take a stance to argue and to try to convince the other person that we need those resources or that we want to really pursue and that there's value in initiatives or the projects that we have in mind. And so as a leader, it's really important that you learn the skills of self-advocacy as well as being an advocate for your team and not feel intimidated by more senior leaders or by people who have been with the company for long and have more history or more experience or any other features that you feel like you're less than. And hence, when you're with them, you take their feedback or their pushback for granted and you stop advocating. That is a really important skill to develop. And that's part of what we talk about when we reference this level of assertiveness that you want to develop. When you're assertive and when you start to really own your own ideas and taking a stance and being able to communicate them, it also, by the way, increases your confidence. You'll see that other people will listen. Other people will take you seriously. Other people will respect you and your inputs. And those little micro feedbacks or micro responses that you may pick up will boost your confidence because you see, oh, I do have something valuable to share. Even if I am the youngest or the least experienced or the, the one with the shortest tenure in the company, I have a unique perspective. And that unique perspective that you bring to the table is valuable. And speaking of benefits, in addition to increasing your confidence, what we also see with individuals who grow and develop stronger levels of assertiveness is that they get better at conflict resolution. They get better at being focused and effective because they learn to say no and not feeling guilty about that, but being really clear of what they can do and cannot do and by when. And as a result of that, there's usually also that sense of feeling less stressed, less pushed, less resentful too, because these leaders feel like they have a voice. And they're able to communicate and at least negotiate and be in it, trying to win. And maybe they still get pushback. Maybe it still doesn't work, but at least they feel like they took a stance. And that garners self-respect, but also often leads to greater respect from others. And on that note, when you think about the leaders that you admire the most, it is likely the ones where you feel they speak their minds. They will tell me what's working for them and what isn't. They're really clear of what they want and what they can do. They talk about it. You know their goals. You know that when you ask them for something and they don't want it, they will push back on it. You know that they take a stance when there's a problem on the table or a challenge or an opportunity, that they will go in and they formulate an opinion. They may still change that opinion within the hour or within the day, but they have an opinion and they don't shy back from speaking up and advocating on their behalf or on the behalf of their team. So that is what assertiveness can really bring to the table. Now, for many of us, this is a skill that we have to learn. And it often comes with all beliefs of what we think we should be doing and what's appropriate and sort of these culturally ingrained beliefs of how we show up at work. It could be gender specific. It could be cultural. It could be around generations overall. And and authority. And that is useful to a degree. And in certain situations, and then we have to develop this awareness of when are these beliefs supporting me and they're helping me be effective? And when are they actually getting in the way? And by the way, many people do this through coaching um, or through mentoring conversations, because it takes a bit of work internally to reflect on this, to break these barriers that then enable 
the behavioral change and for people to, to really take on and embrace the assertiveness. So it feels authentic. They don't feel like they have to fake anything, but it feels true and genuine to them. Now, in addition to these beliefs, ideas and thoughts that we pick up often at a young age, there's a second challenge when it comes to assertiveness that we have to overcome. And that is to somewhat accurately assess how assertive we actually are. When we look at research, we'll see that most people think they're more assertive than they're actually being perceived. So the self-assessment may be I on a scale from one to 10. I think I'm about at an eight and with a 10 would be the most assertive, right? It might be at an eight. But when we ask people around me, they may say, no, I think she's at a five. So the self-assessment is, for many people, higher than how they're actually being perceived. And that could be a good sign or a bad sign. It could be a good sign in the way that if you're worried about being too aggressive, it's likely that you got a lot of room to go. So even with you pushing back more and worrying about it being too much, it's likely nowhere close to being too much. You're actually really moving in the right direction where it's increasing your effectiveness and helping you. So know that you likely have a lot more room to go than you may think. So the worry of being too much uh, is likely not warranted. The second aspect to this though is that you may think this is not important for you to work on because you're already assertive enough. When in fact, that may not be the case. So you could ask a few people around you, including your manager and other peers around you that you trust to find out how assertive they think you are, in which situations you could dial it up a bit or in which situations you might need to dial it down as well. And you can also ask yourself a few questions to self-assess where you might land. And so I want to go through some of these questions. The first one is about how easily you can express your opinion, especially when challenged. So in meetings, for example, how often do you speak up and you share your opinion? When someone has an idea or presents something to you, how quick are you to formulate an opinion? And now, granted, some people need to think about it and some people need to talk about it. So we have the people who process information through talking and people who process through thinking. And they may need some time, right, to take a step back and a few days to think about it. But then when you thought about it, Will you have an opinion or are you generally someone who doesn't like forming opinions or doesn't want to take a stance and instead is always looking just to find whatever is the consensus of the group and go with that. And it will specifically come up when you're being challenged or when an idea that you're presenting on behalf of your team is being challenged. How much conviction do you show for that idea? How much will you stand up for it and and really push on this idea before you step down and take it in and just run with someone else's opinion or suggestion. So observe yourself in situations where an opinion is called for or other people have an opinion and consider how fast you're able to formulate an opinion and then what do you do when you're being challenged on that. Another question to ask yourself is how well do you take compliments? People who are assertive are typically also good at taking compliments. They say thank you, they appreciate it, and they move on. People who lack assertiveness oftentimes have a hard time taking compliments. They hear it, they get uncomfortable, and they deflect uh, and point to other reasons of why it happened, what happened. They feel awkward receiving compliments. Let's see. Another question to ask and, and consider is how well you are able to communicate boundaries or 
say no when someone makes a request that you don't want to do, don't have time for, or feel uncomfortable doing? Will you speak up in such situations or will you tolerate and accommodate in order to keep the peace and make sure other people are happy around you? And then also consider what you do in situations where someone hurt you, made you feel uncomfortable, or even offended you. Will you let that go and pretend that didn't happen? Will you justify someone else's action and think, well, they didn't mean to, uh, or maybe I am just too sensitive and I'll let that go? Or do you acknowledge, no, I feel hurt, I didn't like it, uh, but I also don't want to bring anything up because that makes it even harder, or even more uncomfortable. Or what assertive people do is they will articulate what offended them or what made them feel uncomfortable in order to communicate clearly their needs and their perceptions and then hopefully prevent such situations from happening again in the future or at least let the other person know what the impact is on you when they act the way that they do. So for example, if a boss criticizes you in front of a group or undermines you in a conversation with another senior leader, Will you speak up? Will you say something? Or will you just accept and tolerate that? If you feel someone is interrupting you in meetings or someone is constantly rejecting your ideas or maybe even takes credit for your ideas, will you allow that to happen or tolerate that? Or will you bring it up and address it with that person who say, hey, that is not okay and it's not okay by me and I want you to know that I, it is not working for me. So those are some questions to reflect on that may help you identify where you actually land on the assertiveness scale and also in which situations you might have room to become a little bit more assertive. So there's a few things that I'm speaking of, some tactics to become more assertive. There are things that we can say, and there's also body language and nonverbal communication that will help us be perceived as more assertive. Now, earlier we talked about non-assertive people have a hard time setting boundaries or saying no. So if this is you, then here are a few things to consider. One is when someone asks a question and you feel that inner tension, that dissonance that you may experience when you want to say no or you want to just put that boundary in place and establish that, but you feel really inclined to say yes. So when that comes up, that is the moment to pause. And instead of saying yes or no, simply delay the response. You can say things such as, hey, let me think about that. Or I appreciate the ask. I have to take a step back and look at my other commitments before I confirm. Or thank you, I, I got the message. I will get back to you tomorrow. Or you can even say things such as, appreciate the invitation to be part of this project or this task flow. Like, can we talk about it next week? I want to better understand what that means and to which degree I can be part of it or be involved. So delaying the response is the first step to get better at this. It will allow you to think about it and then to formulate a response that you don't feel it needs to come out right in the moment and needs to land well, which is usually what we feel is we're uncomfortable of doing. And then we may just say yes instead. So delay the response. And then there's a few other things to keep in mind as it comes to showing up and communicating assertively. One is to watch out how much you apologize and how often you say sorry. And I don't mean for things you should actually apologize for. If you made a mistake or you had an impact on another person that you didn't want to have, 
you may actually want to say, hey, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to, or I apologize that I missed the deadline. But then there are things that you don't need to apologize for. You don't need to say sorry about. Like, I'm sorry, I am not sure if this is the right moment to say something, but I feel that. No need to say sorry. I'm sorry for bringing this up late. No, better now than never. Don't be sorry about that. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be the difficult person here, but I noticed that. And then talking about certain risks and so forth. You don't need to be sorry. Own it, right? So watch out on how often and when you say sorry and whether that should actually be an apology or not. Skip all the sorries and all the apologies that are not actual apologies. Assertive people usually don't do that. Another thing to consider is the way that you use either I can't or I don't. I can't do this work tonight, or I won't do this work tonight, or I can't be part of this project, or I am not going to be part of this project. There's nuances in how we communicate it. When we say I can't, we're blaming other circumstances or other people or, or external factors for why we're unable to. When we say I won't or I don't, we own it. And when it's about things that we should own, and when we communicate it, then also that way, it makes us be perceived as more assertive. So again, watching the way that you use the words that you use. Saying things such as, I'd like to add my perspective on this, is a way that you can engage yourself in a conversation in an assertive way. So saying no, delaying the process, asserting yourself clearly, Owning your position by saying things such as, I need some help with XYZ. I need to think this through before I make a decision. Those are all very clear statements of what you need and you're communicating that in a kind and clear way. Now, there's also the nonverbal and the body language. So when you look at the volume, the way that you speak, is it loud and loud enough that people can hear it or do they feel like you're mumbling? Do you lean into the conversation or do you lean out of the conversation? Do you shrink your body when you talk and you make yourself small and you lean forward? Or do you take up space? Those are all little signals that we send that make other people have the perception of us being confident and assertive or lacking confidence or lacking assertiveness. Sometimes it is also related to the eye contact that we have. Can we hold eye contact? It can be about um, us having silences, being comfortable with the silence, being able to pause and let that silence be and being okay with it. Or do we feel we need to constantly fill the silence and keep going and talking and talking and talking or adding questions and making comments because the silence feels so awkward and uncomfortable? Those are things to keep in mind. And if you're unsure how you may come across over video or in meetings, I highly recommend that you watch a recording. I mean, most of us have some kind of meetings at work that are being recorded. And if not, ask in one of your meetings, maybe in a meeting with your boss and say like, hey, I want to observe my own communication style. Can I record this session? I only will use it for my own benefit or pretend like you are presenting something and then Record yourself by yourself in a Teams or in a Zoom call and then watch it back and pay attention to your body posture, your gestures, your volume, your intonation, the pauses that you add, as well as your eye contact. 
Now to quickly recap, what we've talked about is what assertiveness is, the ability to clearly and kindly communicate what you need and what you want and what your opinions are. Um, we talked about the benefits of doing so and practicing this. We talked about being able to dial it up and noticing in which situations you need to lean into that assertive side of you and in which situations you need to dial that back a bit. We talked about ways to self-identify how assertive you are. Also with this side note that you should ask for feedback to really get some evidence how other people perceive you in terms of assertiveness. And then we talked about some body language and nonverbal communication as well as verbal communication that you could use to increase your assertiveness. Now in coaching conversations with clients, we can go way deeper into this to figure out what are really the triggers, what are the thoughts and the ideas we have in our minds that may be holding us back and make it harder for us to be showing up uh, in an assertive way and how to really get rid of this non-useful, the not helpful people-pleasing tendencies. But for this episode, in this pod on this podcast here, what I really hope is that you take away one or two ideas of what you could do and how you think about your level of assertiveness. And then you go out and you take action on those. When we're not assertive and we're accommodating more than we should, we put other people first more than we should, which also means we're putting ourselves second or even last. And when it comes to relationships in the workplace and in life, the relationship that you have with yourself is the most important relationship of all. And asserting yourself when called for means that you put yourself first. And that not only helps you gain respect, be more influential, be more effective at work as an employee, as a leader, but it also helps you build your own self-worth because you're sending this indirect message to yourself that you matter, your opinions are valuable, your needs are worthwhile to be communicated, and they are equal to everyone else's needs. Other people's needs are not by default more important than yours. And when you stand up for yourself and you're assertive that way, to engage in the dialogue by sharing your needs and opinions clearly and kindly, you send the message back, hey, this matters, I need to talk about it, even when it feels uncomfortable. Now, as I said, there's a lot to uncover, a lot of work that I do in one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions on the topic of people-pleasing and assertiveness and assertive communication as well as confidence. If that is something that you relate to and you feel like, yeah, it resonates, I think there's something I could do and it would change the way that I would show up as a leader, as an employee, and how I am perceived in the workplace, then schedule a call. Check the links in the show notes on how to book a strategy call with me so we can talk about what some leadership development or coaching options might be the right fit for you. And again, I hope you took a couple of takeaways from this episode to go out and actually practice. If this topic resonates with you, you gotta get a little uncomfortable. Say no to something you've typically said yes to. Speak up, say something that you've been meaning to say but didn't know how. Go for it and make some small changes in your own lives. Thanks for tuning in and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Bye for now. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. This includes my best-selling book, The Confident and Competent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com book. 
and a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at ramonashaw.com slash masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.